0: She's Julie Roxanne.
1: And he's Alistair. And And this this is is Far Out.
0: Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. finally got our trademark registered too Ooh. after like a year of <laughs> applications and stuff uh, so we, we are we officially own wild within
1: isn't that great that you can own words yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or whether that be with your your wife or your business partner or someone that you're committing to you know, even like uh, someone you're living with, or, a or dog? things
1: like like a dog. No, no. <laughs> We were sitting next to one another and listening to podcasts. And every so so often, I would turn to you, and I knew you were not listening to the podcast that you were playing. You were just like staring off into the distance with a slight look of terror in your face. <laughs> and I knew you were in a loop so, of. Sounds like,
0: like a lot of my career being self-employed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people and welcome to a brand new episode of the far out podcast
0: hey there thanks for being with us
1: it's always a pleasure to have you as we uh dissect our lives and try to understand what's yeah, happening as we
0: spill our guts for, <laughs> for all those who would like to, to hear it we've got a juicy episode for you today juicy is
1: a good word for it yeah yes. we're yes.
0: talking about money
1: money and
0: uh just full disclosure and maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert, we don't have it all figured out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really don't. Um, We're
0: talking about the financial, some of the, I think, the nitty gritty money stuff that comes up when you try to forge your own path, maybe as a creative or a self-employed or an entrepreneur.
1: And you know me, because I don't want that to be the sole focus. We also go into what it does in a relationship. And as we think about our future and our work and faith, it's a lot of things.
0: Contrary to what a lot of people say, money is a very spiritual topic.
1: Let's get into it. Let's get into it.
0: Hello, far out people.
1: Hi there, you on the other side of the speakers or the headphones.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Far Out Podcast.
1: We are back in the U.S., back in the camper, back in Oregon. That's
0: right, putting Malala on the map.
1: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if we can, if we can do that. But, uh, <laughs> That's it's a tall order. <laughs> it's a tall order. It's so bright and sunny. It's like crisp. The river's flowing. It's actually really nice. I was expecting it to be so rainy and gray, and uh, no, it's just been sunny every yeah, day.
0: The river's gorgeous. It's super clear. It's pure. It's it's really really nice.
1: It's so nice. Yeah. Before we move on to today's topic, we uh, wanted to let you know some of the ways that you can work with us this year or at least in the next few months because we've got a lot planned and we know we're not always the most diligent about sharing this on the podcast we're, beforehand. We're, we're good at telling you after it happens. Yeah. And like, We need to stop being such dumbasses <laughs> and let people know in advance. I,
0: I my, Marketing has always been my Achilles heel. I'm <laughs> terrible at it, um, but we're going to try to get better at this, particularly about letting you know. If you're interested in some of the stuff we're talking about, how you can get involved because there's a lot of opportunities coming up.
1: And I also I just want to say we don't we have a few like virtual offerings, which is always nice. But we also have a lot of in person offerings, which I think we're not just telling you like, hey, you want to come uh, do this program and we'll meet once a week on Zoom. It's like, hey, you want to come hang out for five days?
0: Yeah, and <laughs> you know we, I think we've talked about this before, but um, there's this kind of question that Peter Thiel asks in Zero to One. Which is a book he wrote a while back about startups and it's like kind of like what's the thing you believe that no one else believes uh-huh. And for me, one of those things lately, just with the way the world is right now, is that gathering in person is still the most powerful way for us to connect with each other and to ourselves and to the, to the greater world. Like the digital stuff is great. There's time and space for it. it's, it's really awesome but there's something very different about being in each other's energy fields. There's so much information that's communicated in person that gets lost on any kind of digital format.
1: Well, plus the other thing is anything that is scheduled, it's like, yeah, there's a there's beauty in that of knowing that there's dedicated time to meet on Zoom and there's a focus. But it's not the same when you talk to a friend for an hour on FaceTime once a week or when you go to a weekend and hang out for three days. You you get into conversations that may not happen if you try to make them happen over a period of time. Well, I
0: think there's just something powerful about saying like, hey, I value this so much that I'm here. Yeah. I have brought my body. I have I'm really here and my body. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but like you, I, I'm right. here for the week you yeah. know like I'm giving everything to be here and I'm making that sacrifice like it, it's like charging more for like a digital online offering yeah. people are more committed there's more skin in the game and I think it like it sets the stage for deeper
1: yeah connection yeah so just uh I'm going to run through a few things that we've got going on, and you'll have all the links and all the things if you want to look into it further. The first thing we've got coming up is a book club, and that is actually free and virtual. Um, You do that with Wild Within and Kelly, and what are you going to read?
0: We're reading The Archetype of Initiation, which is a really powerful book that's really influenced our work. I know you and I have both been influenced by it, uh, as has Kelly and, and Wild Within, It's about sacred space, ritual process, and in general, kind of tribal uh, principles that the modern world has kind of forgotten in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. It's not a huge book, and we're going to meet on March 5th to discuss it.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So that is free. You'll have the information. All the information of this will be at thefarout.life on the show notes of this episode with wild within still and i will be there too there is a spring retreat coming up may 5th to the 9th and it's taking place right here yeah where, where we, we live. live
0: in the uh, malala wilderness
1: yes uh, it's a
0: beautiful patch of forest uh we have a lot of fun things planned
1: river bathhouse, awesome community gatherings cacao ceremonies sound stuff all the goods Right after that, we're also offering a combo inoculation. So if you want to stay a little longer and do something really badass, and if you've been interested in combo for a while, and this is an option to explore it, uh, we're going to serve three ceremonies in three days, and this is called an inoculation.
0: Yeah, we have several combo dates coming up. The best way is probably to just check the link on our show notes at the thefarout.life. We have combo inoculations. We're planning a combo retreat. And we're also planning uh, a combo training, facilitator training.
1: Yes. And uh, some some just broad overview of calendar uh, combo inauguration late February. We have one late March. And then the combo training is in April. And those dates are going to be at faroutcombo.com. Yeah.
0: And we'll actually have a combo retreat as well
1: in May. Yes. Before we move on to the big fish of Wild Within, I just want to also say that I'm hosting a free women's gathering over the new moon slash lunar, no, solar eclipse portal that's happening at the very end of April. So it's going to be the 29th of April to May 1st. It's happening in Washington uh, state and it's going to be on an off-grid piece of land and I'm so excited. And so if you're interested, you can also reach out for that. And the last little, the, the flagship of Wild Within is coming back like every year, people.
0: Yeah, it's a massive undertaking. It's an ex- expedition, it's, it's an expedition. Of, of crazy proportions. Every year I wonder why the fuck I do this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I do it and I'm like, that's why I do it. Um, but we have our Yosemite backpacking trip coming up. Um, we're definitely running at least one, which is going to be July 5th. I think it's July 5th to the 14th or 15th, something like that. And we're actually running, that one's called Initiation. Um, it's a pretty wild trip. And we're actually, I, I did, a uh, explored a new route um, into a more remote section of the park. It actually goes over the highest pass that has a trail over it in Yosemite. That's Red Peak Pass. It's like 11,500 feet or something close to that. And that's going to be our advanced trip. So uh, if, you, uh, if you're into that and you're an advanced backpacker, uh, we're doing that trip too, and that one's going to be, I think, seven or eight days. It's going to be eight days, mm. and it's going to be mid-July. Yeah, And you can find those dates uh, on our show notes. You can also go to thewildwithin.org, and they'll be there too.
1: I, I still think that thewildwithin.org is the badassest URL, like website uh, domain that you could have gotten. It's well, great. It's like well, you. .org, that's that's. That's fucking great. We
0: finally got our trademark registered too, after like a year of <laughs> applications and stuff. Uh, so we we are we officially own Wild Within.
1: Isn't that great that you can own words? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, how it's, does that it's, work? Yeah, it's a strange I'm thing. not sure. Uh, so yeah, that wraps up this little section and we're going to say these things more often. I just, I want to be more on it because I know a lot of people are looking for ways to engage more with us and we just haven't been very good at letting you know that there are ways that you can engage with us. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it's been great <laughs> every time we've met people from the podcast. Oh it's my been God. so much fun.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so today we want to review a little bit of uh, what has happened in the last, you know, 10 days. The last week, so we've been back for a few days now, almost a week. The last week that we spent in Guatemala was a doozy.
0: Yeah, it was rough.
1: <sighs> it was hardcore like we it was also so interesting because we were both having such a hard time and massive mood swings you know kind of the tail end of covid and uh it
0: was it's it's been really eye-opening how psychological covid oh my god yeah i know Um,
1: i underestimated that aspect not that i underestimated but it's harder to measure yeah you know uh, but it was so funny because you and I were just writhing with life everything was hard and we were like on different schedules like I thought life was shit when you were kind of okay and we would flip throughout the day and Lou and Kelly who we were staying with were having the best time in Antigua yeah, just like waking up early. vacation
0: mode and everything and we were <laughs> I mean, just
1: having and like we would wake up we would get out of bed at 11.30 just like life sucks
0: yeah yeah it was a tough time <laughs> Um and
1: we made it a little tougher on ourselves because you uh Well,
0: I don't know. I, I think this <laughs> No. Yeah. I don't think we made it tougher on ourselves, but one of the things that contributed to it might not have been the best timing, but mm. so I'm a financial coach and um one thing we did over over that time was also do a financial check-in, okay. which was a little bit of a surprise for us. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to talk a little bit about that process and like what's kind of happened since because when I work with clients, it's always been a huge focus of like all right, let's get everything in one place and let's look at the reality of things, right? And we, doing our financial check-in, uh, kind of realized, wow, we are uh, we haven't been paying attention for a little while. Yeah. It's kind of taking my own medicine, basically. And and it's not always fun. It's not always easy. But it is a way to like kind of come back to reality. The last six months, I think, have been extraordinarily busy for us. We've been doing a lot of training. We've been doing a lot of work. It's been like one thing to the next. And we haven't been paying close attention to our finances. Yeah. And so when we pulled it all together recently, we realized we were spending more than we should be spending. Yeah. And it was kind of a freak out moment. It's like, holy shit. Wow.
1: Yeah, uh, freak out is uh, the operative word there uh Alistair brought me in to show me at the end of a long day. And like he 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 spent the day doing it because there was six months to kind of review and and uh, I had this feeling like the whole time I was like, oh, I don't think this is good. Like I could feel your energy. And I was just like kind of waiting for the the hammer to fall. And then you brought me in right before we went for a uh, celebratory dinner uh, to to end. My our timing trip. wasn't great. It wasn't perfect, <laughs> but, you know, it was what it was. And I just, I saw the numbers, and I could not make sense of it. My brain went into overdrive. The only thing I saw written on the, on that spreadsheet was, uh, you're never going to have a house or a baby. It's never going to happen. It's interesting
0: to, to notice. <laughs> so... It's interesting to notice all the stories that come up around money, right? Yeah. Like, we all have our different versions. For me, it's more about, like, you're never going to... You're, like, you're not saving for the future. You're One day, you're going to, like... You're going to have to work forever, right? Yeah. Like, and, and for you, it's, like, we're not going to be able to have a family uh, or, or do these things. So, like, everyone spins off into different stories. And that's always... it's It's always interesting to notice. I think we can, like, really put our fears into money, right? Like, yeah. whatever our fear is... We can we can put it in like it, it can get infused with money, which is why a lot of a lot of times it's it feels easier not to look at it. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the mantras actually when I work with people is more pain, more gain. Yeah. And uh, it's a hard one to live by. Um, <laughs> but actually, like doing these check ins and in realizing your financial. I think we got into a little bit of a fantasy state or yeah. like we just weren't paying attention. We were doing everything we could to bring things in and, and further our training and, and it got away from us a little bit. And so like when we checked in and like kind of tethered back to the reality of our financial situation, it was a little painful because we had drifted from it yeah. for a while. And so we we had kind of set up all these plans for the for the next year that once we checked our finances, we realized like this is off base. This Hmm. is, this is not connected to, to where we are. That was a bit of a shock. And there was definitely, you know, the next few days were, were kind of tough as we kind of grappled with that. But this is actually, I think the medicine of cultivating awareness around our finances. And like, usually when I work with people, I help them set up a system so that they check in every month and they have feedback loops so that they're, you know, it's not particularly fun, especially. You know, it can be fun if you're if you're making boatloads of cash or whatever. Like, um, <laughs> I, I remember those times. <laughs> not not so much anymore, but it, it it is very. I think it is very healthy, and it and when we do those check ins, it helps us calibrate our actions with the reality of our financial situation, and that can be sobering. But it can. I think ultimately, it's very productive.
1: Yeah, I think I think we both had to realign with the reality of things that we weren't so aware of, and we had like moved away from a little bit. And while the initial reaction can be shock or uh, despair, or maybe like I don't know, I I I t- I love the the victim mentality. That's uh, yeah. I I, I spent I I I I notice myself going there a lot, and so. But then, like very fast found myself recalibrating and being like, "Okay, here are the things we need to do." And it's not that hard. It's just we have to change a little bit of what we had mapped out for the year, and we have to reevaluate what we're gonna how we're gonna spend our energy this year because obviously, like I think what happened is that we had planned a year that was pretty similar to the last six months, which is like a loss of training a lot of things going on back to back and not a lot of space to be in one place focusing on bringing in cash um and so like there was a strong realization for me that like, we can't do that anymore like we have to we have to create more time and space to be able to generate more stable income um, and I think
0: we got ahead of ourselves a little bit on like where we were and where we wanted to be yeah and i find that I think for a lot of us, looking at our finances, especially if if that can be challenging for us, or especially if we're, yeah, especially if money is challenging for us, which or, is
1: like raise your hand if money is challenging <laughs> for you. Ah, <yeah>, <laughs> okay, everyone,
0: <laughs> Even if you're making a lot of money, it's still challenging. There's
1: always challenges. Yeah, like so you don't you don't have enough of it. You have too much of it. You, it's it's always a challenge. Yeah,
0: yeah and it, it, definitely having more money brings its own problems. 100%, yeah. But it, it's very, it can be very empowering, right? Once you get through that, like, kind of initial, like, okay, here's where I am. That actually allows, it gives you the ground from which to push off of and make better decisions. And in our case, it allowed us to realize, all right, we can't keep continuing this way. And immediately, like, I think this is part of the like trust in the process, mm-hmm. which is like, if you do this, if, if you bring more awareness to your finances and there are good methods for doing that. I tend to teach people to manage their money like a business, which means uh, creating a balance sheet and running a profit and loss and yeah. kind of monitoring that. And and when you do that, like, if you have the courage to actually look at square in the face, first off, the beast is no longer an unimaginable monster that's like chasing you in the dark, right? Like you actually know, you whatever it is, you can put a number to it. That's yeah. the magic of finances. So you're already in a better state. Because, or a better situation, I should say. Maybe not a better state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're in a better situation because you actually know what the beast looks like. Yeah. And I, I always think of um, this movie, Jeepers Creepers. I don't know I if anyone's seen this movie. I haven't seen that It's pr- It's fairly old. Uh, Well, not really. It's probably, God, I don't know, 15 years, maybe 20 years old. It scared the bejesus out of me when it came out. <laughs> it's super, like, there, there, there's like, in my mind, there's like the first half of the movie, which is terrifying. Um, and then there's the second half of the movie, and so which which is not. And here's why: because it's this. I think it's in the south, and there's like this. Cre- like I don't. I don't want to get into it too much, but don't like,
1: spoil it either. Oh, like, it, yeah. Like, I'll
0: let the movie do that for you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really scary up to a point, and here's the point where it's not no longer scary. It's when you see the monster. Mm. The monster is this ridiculous thing with wings, and it goes from like you just kind of projecting your greatest fears into it right into like oh here's the thing and yeah. it's actually kind of ridiculous and and then the rest of the movie is not that scary but the first half was like one of the scariest things i've ever seen <laughs> uh, at least at the time i've never gone back to see this movie so
1: I just, I just want to make a just just take a little break here and say that I don't think I ever heard Alistair say uh, it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I love that idiom and that expression. And I also want to just throw in here that Alistair and I recently rewatched Robin Hood and we've decided that we're going to try to bring back Udalali. Uh, yeah okay, so
0: that doesn't seem relevant
1: i I feel like it's relevant. I want to state it into the into the space, so thanks sorry right. go go back to group suit two, you know finance numbers, all that yeah,
0: stuff. yeah so so there's something similar that happens, and I've seen this pretty reliably when I work with people with money, is that when you can kind of see the monster for what it is it's 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 less scary, so that's always the place to start, and then from there, you actually have something firm that you can you can, you can can start measuring, right? You can measure your progress from there instead of it being like you're swimming in it and you have no idea what's going on. And you can make much more empowered decisions yeah. based on your situation. And that's going to feel really good because you are making decisions that reflect the reality instead of the fantasy world that, like in our case, we had started to drift into without even realizing, honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: We didn't really realize that.
1: I think then it it just gives us something to push off of because like after the initial shock, I just started feeling like, all right, focus, laser focus on like what's the next step. And like it it gave me something to rebound from and be like, okay, here's the plan.
0: And I think that's the medicine of awareness is that a lot of things shift like kind of without your without you trying to or unconsciously when you become aware, right? Like when you expand awareness, A lot of things happen without you needing to direct it. They just kind of happen. They emerge almost. Yeah. And we've noticed that, like, there was definitely a kind of a depression period where, like, basically we had, like, drifted off from reality. And yet we had to, like, kind of slam back to the ground in a way. And that hurt. That hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It wasn't very fun. We had to, we we realized that there's some things we really wanted to do this year that aren't going to happen. Yeah. But as we got through that period, then something shifts and it's like, okay, what do we need to do? Yeah. And also there's a bit of fire. And, and I think part of this comes also from like, if you're sincere about doing this with your money, and, I, and this is one of the reasons why I really like to work with people with money and why I've always found it very fascinating is you can learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like money is one of, I think, the most tangible ways to explore and measure what you truly value right? Mm -hmm. We are putting value. Money is a a currency of value, right? Like, it's what do you value? You were getting this much in and you were spending this much. And like, what do you value? And there's also something about sustainability, right? Like, uh, are you living in a way where are you living within your means? Are you kind of stretched out beyond that? Because if you're stretched out beyond that financially, chances are you're probably stretched out beyond that in other ways, too. So it's often a quite a reflection. And when we when we look at our financial situation and realize that like what we say we want and what the reality is aren't matching, it forces us to have a dialogue about what's truly valuable. Mm. And it forces us to ask like, how are we going to act? Like what, what actions are we going to take? And I I often think that the ledger in, and one of the things that we also do personally, uh, us two, and also when I work with clients on money is, Will go through your your expenses. Yeah. And one of the reasons is because that's a ledger of your past. Like, that is a ledger of your past actions. It's a ledger of what you valued. It's yeah. versus what you say you value, it's what you actually valued. Yeah. Right. And so, like, we can say we maybe we want a house in the future or, or whatever it is. Right. Um, but how you're spending your money last month is, in my mind, a much better indicator of what you truly value right now and there's a lot we can learn from that
1: mm. there's a couple of things i want to say on the, of that i think the first one is going back to this idea of value it's like that conversation is already hard enough to have with yourself of of like realizing what it is that you value but then when you have to do that with a partner and the finances are are very intertwined or if, if not totally you know mixed it's really challenging because we will value different things at different times. And I think that's one thing that was, that I think was a blessing of this, of this experience in the last few days was you, you, you had a really tough time upon coming back. Like the first couple of days we were back, you, you were not doing very well. And you, I heard you say twice with like so much depth and, and like, In a way where I could tell that you really wanted that, not just because you were struggling, but just in general, like almost like a shift of reality where you just, I want stability. And you said that twice. And to me, that was like such a massive... I don't know. Something about it felt very relieving because I think I've been wanting stability for a really long time, but sometimes felt like our actions were not matching up with that. You know, it's like, yeah, I want stability, but let me, uh, you know, book myself for the next 12 months so that I don't actually have time to do anything but work or learn. Um, and, and that's fine. I can be very stable too, but. It was kind of interesting, the conversations that it led into with the values between the two of us. Also, because our fears around money are very different. Mine are very like short term future of like, are we going to be able to have children? When are we going to be able to live in a house? I'm not even talking about owning a house. I just want walls. And and you're more about like, I'm going to wake up when I'm... 45 or 50 and realize I have no money for the future. <laughs> and, and you know, and like, I think the health crisis that you went through also oh, for sure. were very challenging and triggering around that.
0: For sure. I think my recent struggles with my health have, have been a reminder of my mortality. And so it's had me thinking more about that long term. And I think this is, you know, doing our finances together as a family, I think really helps us have that conversation about what do we value as a family, and where are we going, right? And notice where like that's not out of line, and and, yeah. and things like that. And those are hard, hard conversations. But I, I definitely don't think they're ones you want to shy away from. Yeah. If you're if you're in a relationship, or whether that be with your your wife or your business partner or someone that you're committing to, you know, even like a, someone you're living with or, a or dog? things
1: like like a dog. No, no. <laughs>
0: These are hard conversations to have, but if you don't have them, you, you don't know where each other's at, yeah. right? And there's kind of a refining process that happens through having these kind of messy conversations.
1: I think something else that comes out of these messy conversations is like, I, I realized recently that I work really well if I have a tangible short-term goal. Like, and and it's not just me, I think everyone, right? It's a lot easier to sacrifice you know, not getting that matcha latte at the airport or, or like, if you know, why, if you know why you're not yeah, getting if you don't it. know and why, think, then it's just But like, but there's a thing where like, you can think you know why, because you have a vague goal in mind. Like, for me, it's like, well, I want to have kids one day, and sooner rather than later. But then it's like, yeah, what does that even mean? Like, that's not very tangible financially. Like, I don't know what that means. Does that mean we have to have a certain amount of money in the bank? So, like, these conversations are forced to happen when you look at the reality and you realize, like, whoa, this is not the reality I think I I want. And so, like, having having to adjust so that next time we do a check-in, we maybe are not so shocked.
0: Also, it allows you to measure it so that when you are abstaining from things that you would like in the short term and that can be kind of difficult yeah. right like that takes willpower if you have some sort of process where you can see how that's actually getting you toward where you want to go maybe at a deeper level or more long-term level or whatever yeah that is rewarding right you're going to get like a dopamine hit then when you see like hey i actually made some progress otherwise it just feels like this endless uh, like staircase that yeah. that you're trying to climb where you don't even really know where you're at.
1: Yeah. I feel like we're still trying to formulate some of those goals to be more tangible between yeah. the two of us. It's, it's a, it's a really, it's a super, like, I feel like you and I talk about so many things and we can really like be honest with a lot of things. And it's not that we're not honest. I just feel like sometimes we can get bog- bogged down or not know how to like, I don't know. I think having someone else can be helpful. Having someone else reflect things back, which I think is why people have enjoyed working with you as a money coach is because like all of a sudden they have someone who can reflect things back to them. And it's no longer this intangible, like, well, I don't really know why I'm saving money. It's like, okay, yeah, you're saving money for this
0: yeah yeah and to kind of simplify the process because money can get complicated pretty quick, yeah, but really it's are you spending more than you're making, yeah, right, it's really like simple addition, yeah and and we do a lot of things to avoid look that that truth, yeah um and so if you have someone, they can kind of help you organize things in a way where it becomes very obvious and uh and much easier because it can quickly become kind of overwhelming, and then we're like, wow. Why bother?
1: Yeah. Before we move on to the rest of this conversation, we wanted to let you know some of the ways that you can support this podcast, if you would like to do that.
0: Yeah. This podcast takes a lot of resources and any support you provide helps.
1: There's a few ways that you can support the podcast. The first one is you can simply share it with a friend share the seed far and wide it's always very helpful the other way that you can support this podcast is you can leave us a review on itunes that helps the podcast get found and get more popular the last way you can support this podcast is financially there's a couple of ways you can do that you can become a patron at patreon.com slash the far out couple that's patreon.com slash the far out couple and you can support us on a monthly basis we share some behind the scenes and i write some personal messages over there you can also donate a one-time donation with PayPal. The link to that is on the show notes at thefarout.life. And lastly, you can buy some Guatemalan amazing cacao. It's ethically harvested. It supports the local economy, and we know the man who makes it, and it's really good cacao. There's a link to that at thefarout.life. You get a discount on your purchase, and we get a little bit of a kickback through an affiliate link. So thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Let's get on with the conversation.
0: There were also a lot of positives in doing that financial review. As a family, we've made more money than we've ever made together. Mm. And we have a business that's, that's, that literally grew tenfold last year. Wow. And that's because that's Wild Within and that that had a lot to do with the fact that uh, the year before that was COVID, but like kind of hockey stick growth with, with that. Mm. And, you know, we kind of have two pledges, I think, to people that listen to this podcast is one that we're going to talk about what's what's real for us and what's alive for us in the moment. And two, that we're not going to shy away from being honest about what it takes, what it well, at least what it takes for us. i not yeah. going to to live a different kind of life, to forge a, a different path. There's no there's not much of a roadmap for what we're trying to do. And more and more, I kind of think about what we're, we're trying to find our way as healers, yeah. um i i ten, like one of the things that kind of came out of this financial review is like it's tough because a lot a lot of times when i get down about money especially like as a entrepreneur or self-employed or someone that's trying to trying to create something and provide for themselves it's like for me like the uh, the the daydream that i'll get into is like this one around like kind of stability right i i i used to imagine when i was um when I when I was working for startups in San Diego and and uh it wasn't you know when it was hard, there's it's so messy. And I just would look out my window at the people picking up the trash and be like I wish I I wish I had that. Like I wish I just had the stability of a job where I showed up. Yeah. The work was laid out for me and I just had to do it and I had a constant paycheck and and uh I've asked myself over and over like why can't I just do that? Yeah. You know? Oh, Time and time again, I come back to the kind of answer that like, for whatever reason, I feel wired differently. I just feel like that personality wise or whatever, I, I will slowly de- like it won't it's not working. It won't work for me. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's actually a frustration. I, I, I honestly really wish that would work for me. and
1: yeah i also i also feel called to point out that like have you had a job like that ever (laughs) where you can yeah like where everything's predictable and you just go out and do it
0: yeah i have i mean like back in college and stuff i had jobs like that
1: yeah
0: and and maybe they would be different now maybe i could find the zen in it and i'm not bashing any anyone who goes that way i i think those are needed we need those those jobs and and I think if, if you enjoy that, that's great. Like, for whatever reason, I feel cursed with, like, not not being able to do that. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of self-employed people might might relate to that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's been a nitty-gritty journey for us to kind of forge our own way. And I think one of the things that comes out when I look at the finances is, like, it's scary. There's a lot of uncertainty about how it's going to play out. Like, it, there's no there's not an outside structure that says like, Hey, you get here and then you're going to get paid this. And that's, I think there's less and less of that in our, in our world in general these days, mm-hmm. but being self-employed and going down this path of, of healing work or whatever medicine work, whatever you want to call it. It's like you really I, like there, there's a quite a large degree of uncertainty. Uh, and a lot of that's financial, but a lot of it's in a lot of different ways. And I, I think Right now, I'm I'm working to just accept that that's the reality of the situation, mm. and you know I, I know like the abundance mindset philosophy and 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 like all that stuff, but you know what? Fuck, fuck, like there there's places for that. I get it, and I I understand some of the value in that. But like, there's also the nitty gritty reality of trying to forge your own way and create something new in the world, and I think there. Is can be a lot of for a lot of us, like the success of that doesn't come immediately and there can be a lot of self-sacrifice. And I think like what I've been contemplating lately is like just really trying to come to terms and accept the reality of the path we're choosing mm. and everything that that entails. Because there's, you know, a lot of glory that we talk about. There's just a fair amount of freedom and, and so, like kind of independence or self-direction But there's also a lot of uncertainty about how it's going to play out and a lot of instability and and a lot of other stuff, a lot of stress that comes with it, too. And uh, right now, I think it's part of the package uh, for us. When we started, I was asking you before this, like, when did we made a very conscious decision when we bought that trailer in france that we renovated in the forest yeah. in, in back backwater france france
1: that was four years ago that's
0: when we started that yeah, yeah. and it was like hey we, we were living out of a backpack in india or yeah. southeast asia before that and we had met each other and you know we we lived on when i met you you, you literally live on the other half of the world yeah. or grew up on the other half of the world before i met you and we're trying to put this life together. And the first attempt was we bought a trailer and renovated it to live in the forest. <laughs> and then we moved uh, after a while to Guatemala, where we met our teachers, and I think to some degree got a window into the kind of work that we want to do. Yeah. And then we moved to the U.S. to kind of double down on all that and like make it happen. Here, it's been a it's been a long journey.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of things that one thing that came up almost immediately for me, and then it came, I think, almost immediately for you YouTube, but then it lingered for a few days after doing that financial review was, uh, okay, this is not working. We fooled ourselves and uh, we can either double down or cut our losses and get a job. Yeah. And I remember that evening just like staying awake for like an hour thinking, like, if I were to get a job, what would I do? I don't even have a college degree. Like, and, and like, not just that, but like, I don't even know how it works to get a job in this country. You know, like I've, I've, the last time I had a job was like six, seven years ago in France. And it's in a field that I don't want to work in anymore. Like, I really don't want to be a cook anymore and work in the hospitality industry, at least not in that way. And so I was just like, lost of like, what would I even do? And I don't, I don't, and I still don't know. But I think there was like this idea of, as you, you said, doubled down a few minutes ago. And so that that brought that up for me, which is like, yeah, the, there is a question of, which is why it's such a painful process to look at the numbers too, is like, okay we now know the reality and it's up to us with our own human free will to make a decision now to like, okay, do we keep going or, or do we stop? And it's kind of, sometimes it feels like there's not actually a choice because I don't really want to stop. And I don't think we should. And it's like, as you said, it's taken so much. I I feel like that, that came up when we were flying back. I just, you brought up something <laughs> That flight was so weird, cause like we were sitting next to one another and listening to podcasts, and every so so often I would turn to you, and I knew you were not listening to the podcast that you were playing. You were just like staring off into the distance with a slight look of terror in your face, (laughs) and I knew you were in a loop of like. Sounds like like
0: a lot of my career being (laughs) self-employed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah someone recently asked um someone else like w- how would you describe Alistair in one word and the word was concerned and i <laughs> i have to say i fucking agree with that i think it's funny uh it's yeah well it's, yeah it's funny it's not it it kind of is um uh, but it, it it feels very true and so like i would look at you and you were in that state and Just knowing that you were in those loops of trying to solve it, you know, of like, what do we need to stop? Do we need to keep going? Do we double down? Is that a stupid thing to do? Are we going to do this again in a year where we're realizing like we should not have kept going? It's... It's just really fascinating to to watch the process. It's extremely painful to watch the process. But something that came up is like you would go from these states of like looking into the distance with terror. And then you would like have these ideas of what we needed to do to solve the problem. And so you turn to me and be like, I think we need to like offer more combo and we need to like run ads and just like broaden our audience. Cause that's one of the big problems of being self-employed. It's not so much generating the ideas of how you're going to make money. It's like then having people who want to take on the offerings that you're doing. And, uh, (laughs) and I was like, you said that. And then it was my turn to go into full terror of like, for some reason, a huge like resistance to the being visible, which is, critical if you are self-employed and entrepreneur and then we very hard up,
0: for two introverts.
1: Yeah. And, and we ended up having a great conversation about that around like the hiding that like, I would like to hide, but I feel like I'm choosing a path that does not allow me to hide. And I know that's probably funny to hear from people who have been podcasting and sharing a lot of their lives for three years, but I feel like I've been hiding and like the coming out of hiding it kind of feels like that nightmare you have when you're like younger or I haven't had it in a long time. Maybe some people still have it where you like you walk out on stage and you're naked, but you only realize when people start laughing and pointing. Like it's a lot easier to stand back to stay backstage because then if you're naked, only a handful of people know. And maybe you can go and grab some clothes or something. And so like this is the this is all the things that have happened in the last few days of really staring reality in the face and realizing like, "Ah, the way we've been doing things has to change slightly, but I was getting accustomed to the way that we've been doing. things. And
0: it's kind of like a molting process almost like it's, it's like there were things that worked and we got to like, this has happened so many times in our journey so far, uh, particularly around work where it's like things worked for a while and then they no longer work and we have to kind of shed them yeah. and it's painful to figure out it's like what what is it that i need to shed or in which way am i hiding now that's not serving right like it's definitely stages right it's not like you realize you're hiding once and then you step on stage and it's all over it's like okay like wh- where 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 are the like limits right now or where 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 am i holding myself back what do i need to lean into what do i need to let go of yeah. um it's like, it's a, it's a hard conversation and it changes at each kind of step of the path. What might've worked earlier may not work now. And what might not have worked earlier may start working now. And I think there's also a risk of like, you know, t- you talking about me, like staring off and like being in our head too much because, and I noticed this for myself is like, when I get into a constricted state, I try to solve it in my head, but mm-hmm. that's not where it's going to get solved. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to get solved over time yeah. in the world. And I can't, the being in my head part is like wanting to control it, yeah. right? And I think a lot of this, like, it's kind of a gut check. It's like, hey, do you still care about this enough to to put it on the line?
1: Yeah, which kind of brings it back to this value conversation, right? I feel like these moments can really bring up the the real conversation of like, is this still the highest value? Is this still the highest priority? Do we still deeply believe in what we do that that is worth continuing, even though it's scary? I think there's something else. I
0: think that's where you that you build a certain kind of faith, right? Like we know those people that believe deeply in what they're doing. Yeah. And sometimes I I would used to wonder like, how do you get to that point? And I think it's
1: you get I, multiple times. Like, I, yeah, I think about. you get
0: these gut checks where you have to decide if you're willing to, to risk it or not.
1: Yeah. And, and I think I was just going to talk about, I think one of the ways that this faith thing comes up is uh, it's a very disconcerting and disorienting experience to think reality is a certain way. And then you do a check-in and then reality is a completely different way than what you thought or like yeah vastly different and then all of a sudden I think what happened for me over these these days of processing the all this was like realizing there's something really profoundly destabilizing about realizing that reality is not what you thought it was like at at its core like if you think about it from like almost like a primal brain perspective it's like everything dissolves at least in my mind that's how it felt it's like Everything dissolves and then all of a sudden I don't know what's true and what's not anymore. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I don't know where to put my faith and where to put my trust anymore. And it's a state of total like falling. It's falling for, for, and, and to, I feel grateful because I feel like I only fell for a few days. I've had experiences of that where I fell for well, months. I think
0: what you're talking about dissolving is illusion a yeah. lot of times, right? And that's like one of the things with when we when we bring awareness around our finances, it cuts away a lot of illusions. Sometimes very violently. Uh, in in this case, that was that was true, right? Yeah. And I think what you're saying about kind of floundering a little bit and like what what's going to catch me, I think usually with the ends up pointing to is like there's this falling away of illusion and then there's kind of a coming back to myself and it's difficult but it seems to be the way it's like i have to trust myself i like can i trust myself and i think that's something that's hard about this is uh, there's there's another question um that i i tend to i don't know if it's my i don't think it's just my personality type but i think it's also the nature of doing creative work and self and being self-employed like kind of all those things together and I think probably some people struggle with it more than others but there's a question of like am I seeing reality accurately yeah. like am I in touch with reality or or what ways am I not like what ways am I fooling myself and can I trust my own judgment yeah. right like I feel like it's a distilling of like can I can I trust myself and on the other side of that like as we take these leaps or these bets right and then things unfold, as for us, they have over the last four years in absolutely magical and amazing ways. We learn that we can trust ourselves yeah. as well. But maybe that's not always the case. Maybe sometimes like we're dead wrong or we're, we're seeing it wrong and we fall on our face and we learn something there. But that's also and, and I've definitely learned that way as well. Yeah. But and so it's always kind of a question of like, how accurately am I seeing this? And can I trust my judgment on this? Yeah. And that can be like downward spiral sometimes, especially if you're not in a good place because of something like, say, COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, that was that was definitely something that came up and that was really um, hard to be with was this. There was one particular conversation that we had in, in, and I just remember feeling internally that my whole world was dissolving and there was nothing to catch on to. Like nothing, every, all the things that I usually can catch on to were, were crumbling as I, you know, like it was like falling down a well and then there are usually these ledges that I can hold on to the side of the well and they were just crumbling like sand and I don't know, I feel like the bottom, at the very bottom of that well, at least where I landed, which felt like pretty deep in the well, uh, was like, you know what? Maybe we just have to keep going because I know, like, I could remember that when I'm, when I'm doing better, I know that this is what we're meant to be doing. But then there was also a, and so what if we fail? Like, so what if it doesn't work out? Like, what's the worst that can happen? We're not going to be begging out on the streets for money. That's not the, that's not the, like, kind of confronting the fears and the realities that were coming up and just realizing like, well, so what? Like, there's no time wasted when you, when you do your, when you keep doing soul work. It's not wasted. You, we may have to correct course later, but God knows. Like, I have no idea. And yeah. so like, just remembering, Kind of the self-resilience too, of like hey, if it, if I have to get a job in three years, then I'll get a job in three years, you know. Like it, it's not. Why would that be the end of the world?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all in all in a very privileged place to be, even be able to like worry about and and consider taking risks like this, yes. right? Like that that already suggests that already points to the fact that you're privileged uh, and that you're you're probably you're in a place much better financially than a lot of people right yeah. like because if if you can even consider taking those risks um you're doing you're doing fairly well i think we're trying to like kind of shed light on a dialogue that was all catalyzed by looking at our finances which is like kind of one way to tether it's one way to to kind of ask the question of like how are we doing like how is our judgment right the the, the finances don't lie at least I don't think they do in, in, that, in that case. And it forces us to grapple with, like, really difficult questions about, like, what's most important in life? Yeah. Is security most important? And, and this is something I've gone down this, like, you know, at different times in my life. When I left my job, I was 26. That was the last time I held, like, a high-paying salaried job. And I was, I was doing very well. And stepping into a world where income was uncertain and I'd have to make it myself, was very challenging. And it was a step into saying like, look, it's, the money's great, but like, this is not, I'm not, I'm not feeling alive. I don't feel like I'm giving, I don't feel like I'm giving what I could be giving. Mm. Right. I like, in that case, I felt like I was hiding. I was hiding behind good salary, high status position and and all the perks of like being a general manager at a successful mm. startup. And when I left part of that decision, which was very difficult for me, which was it was the decision that I was not going to have security be my highest value. I was not going, that was not going to be the value I served and we all get to choose our values and what's most important. And for me, it was not the most important. And when I stepped out of that position, I remember sitting on a bench not long after. And I think I had called my, my mom and told her that I had quit. Um, Mm -hmm. And like my heart had opened so much. I felt so much energy Coming through. I felt like alive in a way I hadn't felt for quite a while. I think about that sometimes. And, you know, here we are now looking at our finances again, when I still do not want security to be my guiding principle or like, or money in general, right? Mm. Like, it needs to be more from the heart. It needs to be, I think there are other things that are more important. And I think the path from That time about seven years ago has actually proven that, you know, in some ways, money is the financial part of it is definitely not the most important part. Like over the last seven years on my journey, not to speak of a lot of the travels and things that happen, but I found myself, I found you, and more and more, I found work that I'm willing to dedicate my life to and, and take the chance with and to, to kind of bet it all on and those were all the things that i that was what i was yearning for when i left my job
1: i i was like oh i don't know how to follow that i think there's something interesting a friend of mine recently brought it up to me as something that she's realized and i like the way that she worded it because it resonated very deeply with me and it's also something i've noticed in myself a lot um she was telling me that she's recently noticed this part of her that desperately wants to be saved and, and like, you know, something terrible, something hard happens. Like it always is going to happen in life. And this, like, I want my parents to come and like, help me or, or like this, like the, there's a, there's a desperate ness to that part of me that I, I also notice. And I think, I don't know. I think this is, This is like the heavy, beautiful, challenging lesson of being an adult human and like moving into maturity and and adulthood for real is like, it's kind of an interesting, like realizing no one's coming to save me, but also like life is still here as like a a safety net and something is going to catch me. But really, it's almost like I'm going to catch myself. And that's kind of going back to what I was saying, which is like, I have no idea how this is going to pan out, but like, I know that I got this. I know that I'm a resourceful, strong, intelligent person. And I, I can, like, I can handle anything that gets thrown my way.
0: And I also believe that life responds when we, when we step sincerely on our path. Life has no choice but to respond. Mm. And I think that's something we hear said pretty almost trivially mm. a lot in our culture. Like you hear those kind of phrases. It, it can be very cliche. But I, I think it's in like the nitty grittiness of our lives when we're like kind of asked to do that. That's where you find out if you truly believe that, yeah, or not. Is like when you have to do it around something that's sensitive to you, and maybe for you it's not money, maybe it's relationships, or maybe, maybe it's about using your voice or whatever it is, right? Like, but I think it's in those moments where we have to like show, like life asks us to show it how we're going to, what we believe and and how we're going to respond. And what I found is when I sincerely take that step into that unknown future that is very heart centered Mm. right like that's that's a line for best way to describe it life does respond but it doesn't respond before that
1: and as always thank you for being here listening to our musings on life
0: yeah, this one's, a, this one's a scary one to put out. <laughs> you know, and I, I have one, like, kind of thing I want to clarify just about, you know, not choosing security yeah. or things like that. It's like, I don't think these have to be mutually exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. That can be a limiting belief. But there are also times in our lives where it can feel like, one, they're coming up head to head, right? Yeah, like, yeah. where I'm choosing freedom or I'm choosing security or whatever. And I think a lot of times this is kind of thesis, antithesis, mm-hmm. and then the synthesis comes from a you grow into a broader perspective where those are no longer mutually exclusive or combatant yeah but that that's the process of growth and i think it can be very painful and we have to come sometimes from these more binary perspectives and grapple with that to grow into a a more comprehensive one
1: if you're a faithful listener of the podcast, you may you may be noticing a theme between last week and uh, this week's episode, where uh, we're trying to figure out what the fuck we're in service to, both <laughs> in work and in our personal lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I think there's something like this time of struggle has I think strengthened that right. Like I, you go through these hard times, right? Like so if you go through hard times with the group, right, the the connections, the bonds get stronger, yeah. right, and. And I think that's true for like what we care, like what we're in service to. And I, I, one of the things I want to be in service to is, is healing and growth. And, and I feel like we found a certain, certain way to do that. That works for like our makeup, right? Like we're all made differently. We're all, we can all like, I think we all have different paths and this is us kind of grappling with what is our path? What is our niche Mm. in, in the world? Which is a soul question.
1: Well, on these beautiful words, I'm glad. I'm glad you said these things in, in the outro. It was like maybe we need to uh, wrap up in a more, uh, like maybe there's a there's a you know more uplifting way of of wrapping up. So I'm glad you did that. Thank you so much, Alistair. <laughs> um, thank you for being here on this journey with us. We will see you next week.
0: See you next week. Toodles. Toodles.